Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of the Cisco and Thoughts on Hour on Broadcast and Politics on Block Talk Radio. Tonight we have a special guest. Her name is Sandra May Lee. She's a Republican political analyst and author of the new 2020 election book called Dear Donald, Four More Years. She'll be on in a couple of minutes. But let's get to the bottom of this, my listening audience. We have a crisis in the making. Once Donald Trump wins re-election, the left is going to go crazy. They have plans already of shutting down D.C. They have plans of creating chaos. So I need for everyone out there who's listening to get ready because these folks are not kidding. They know that the president is going to get reelected and they're already planning this whole chaotic situation to happen. And it's sad that they're the ones that are constantly saying, is he going to leave in a peaceful manner? They haven't given up from 2016. They're still having issues accepting 2016. And they are planning, and this is coming from some very good sources. They're planning to shut down D.C. for sure and other major cities. Major cities will be in turmoil. I think that at that point, the president is going to bring the military in. So a heads up. Start planning. Don't catch yourself regretting not having to plan because we know one party that is actually already planning their loss, their defeat. All right, because we hear on the news, the polls, Joe Biden winning has a huge lead over the president. So why are they planning to create chaos? Because they know that it's destiny that President Trump will be reelected again for another four more years. As a matter of fact, our guest tonight, she just wrote a book called Dear Donald, Four More Years. Okay? So I wanted to touch, I wanted to touch on that particular very important message for everyone out there to listen. Don't fall asleep on this. They're not. The last piece before we bring in, uh, bring on our guest is the Amy Barrett confirmation. It's a freaking circuit. We have the Democrat Masi Hirono from Hawaii asking Amy Tony Barrett if she ever committed sexual assault. I mean, do you see how low these creepy senators and politicians from the left accusing 
of questioning whether this uh, candidate or nominee to be on the Supreme Court is actually abusing anyone? You know, why don't we turn around the question and direct it at the, the left? They seem to be, they seem to know more about sexual abuse. And last but not least, we've had Hunter Biden on the news with a picture of him and a crack pipe. So we got we got the we got the candidate for the presidency on the front, who's a pedo, and then we have his son who's into crack. I mean, it's, I mean, this is ridiculous. This is this is the best that they can offer. Cisco. But anyway, that's Cisco. Yes. Yeah, yes. I know. I wanted to say just today, some of the emails that came out said uh, Hunter was giving 10% back to the, quote, the big guy. So I I always knew that all his money was not going to Biden, that he was kicking some up to daddy. But it's even worse than you thought. Definitely, definitely. Great point, um, Mark. Let me just bring our guest now in. Cisco, hello, we got dead air, baby. Please guide me to the right path. I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about that. I can't write five books at once. Which one should I focus on? Well, then I saw Donald Trump coming down that escalator. Wow. And I was inspired. I was inspired. I was touched. It was a whole moment. I said, I don't know what, what it is about that visual, but I absolutely get that this man is going to be president. He's going to change the world. So that was just an intuitive thing. And it, it awakened a certain inspiration in me that got me started. And I'm sort of more spiritual than I expected to be. And uh-huh. the truth of the matter is that I do a lot of Bible reading. I'm, I'm very into that. I'm very into world religions. Right. I respect all religions around the world. But from my Bible reading, I was taken by the fact that many much of the writing in the Bible is done through letters. Letters are a very powerful tool. And so I started writing letters to Donald Trump. I never sent him a letter, but I wrote these letters as a way of expressing my feelings. 
Right. And so letter after letter, and I'd send them to my friends, and I'd put them in my magazine, or I'd send them to my cousins or my relatives. Letter after letter after letter, I'd read them to, to my neighbors, and people said, my God, this could be a book. Next huh. thing you know, the book was writing itself. It was writing itself. And what a journey. What a journey it has been. I think I'm prouder of these two books. My son, who is a lawyer, and not much of a, a he's too busy with law books to read, you know, published books that are popular. And right. so when I published my first book, he said, Mom, I'm going to read this book. He called me. He said, wow, I love this book. So it was reaching men, which surprised me, because I thought that it would speak to the suburban educated woman, which it does. But what surprises me is how many men respond positively to the book. Right. So, so that's really a surprise. So, Sandra, in regards to the, the this this the current polarized environment, political environment that we, we are in right now, how do you see the situation with because it's come up with the suburban um, women in regards to moving forward with uh, with President Trump on in regards to maintaining what the president had said that they he he's been very a big influence in regards to keeping the values of their properties higher instead of detracting or pushing back on what President Obama wanted to do and, and bring in low-income housing into those suburban areas. How do you think that that has, in your opinion, has taken sh uh, shape in regards to the 2020 election? Now? You know, I don't think it's as big an issue as they're making of it. Of course, suburban women want to protect the suburbs. And there are many, many ethnic groups. Um, it's multicultural. It's multi-ethnic. It's multiracial. America loves its suburbs. America is unique in the way our suburbs are designed and organized. And, you know, I've traveled the world. I have been all over the world. And I can tell you that the American suburb is truly unique. And we don't want to lose it. We don't want to make it <clears throat> something that it isn't right now, because right now it's, it's beautiful and special to mm -hmm. us. It's our American way of life. We do want to be sensitive, to be inclusive, and it is inclusive. It's including so many different groups. You know, I noticed your name, Cisco Acosta, and I was trying to figure out, is that Italian? Is that Hispanic? Is it, uh, what is that? It's Portuguese and Portuguese. Spanish. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm Sandra May Lee, but my maiden name is Kasuf. My father was an immigrant from Lebanon. And, oh, okay. Uh, I am the first generation born in this country. And I adore America, as did he. He adored That's... America. But the suburbs, I don't 
think that's the major issue for Trump. And I don't think it's the only issue that's going to win over the suburban woman. Right. I think the suburban woman originally had trouble with some of his macho style. Right. I frankly like it. You know, my father was a strong man, and I am not offended by his style. I also spent much of my professional life in New York. So those New York street ways mm-hmm. and a little bit of uh, New York gruffness does not offend me, as it does um, men, many perhaps suburban women of the Midwest or the South. They may have a little more difficulty with it. But I think they're getting used to him. I think they're for him in large numbers. Definitely, I I I agree completely with uh, your 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 view. I, I I believe also that there'll be an increase in other minorities when it comes to the voting, and that's going to be that's going to be a shocking and really impactful view that most people are not going to get correctly. They're basically are going to be stunned and shocked with the, the, the upsurge in voting for Donald Trump from different minority groups. I agree with you. From across the board, yep. um, from the Hispanics to the mm-hmm. blacks to the women to, um, to every group imaginable, the police now in mass across the country have mm-hmm. stood up and and endorsed him. And they don't do that. They don't do that. And they've made it very clear and loud and clear that they endorse him, as have so many other groups. He has just achieved a remarkable amount of wins for people across the board. When I look at the things that he's accomplished in four years, including standing up to China. Did that backfire? Well, maybe yes, maybe no. I mean, we're all looking at it and going, oh, my God, this, this terrible disease that has hit the world. It's been a nightmare, but I can tell you one thing that it's done. It has awakened the world to this sleeping evil giant. Mm-hmm. And while it's been a terrible thing that we've gone through, it at least has awakened us. We now see uh, Biden in ways we didn't see him before. He's been absolutely bought by China right, and other places around the world. He has sold out. And I don't think we would have seen it clearly if it weren't for this China virus, which we're recovering from and which Donald Trump's economy is recovering from. And we're remembering throughout this entire debacle, we're remembering all the wonderful things that he did. He still maintains that China trade deal. He's such a negotiator. I mean, in the middle of his anger with, with what China has done, he is still remaining peaceful. You know, he's standing strong. But he's not declaring war. He is declaring strength, but he's not dropping bombs. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Support Mexico along the border. What a brilliant negotiation that was to have 
this wonderful relationship with the um, president of Mexico. Economy is getting stronger by the day. By the day, he has appointed hundreds of conservative judges. And can we say anything more wonderful about this Amy Coney Bryant? The woman and that's where we, 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 I was going. You, you, you picked my, my, my brain. I was, She's a I was, saint. Have you been watching? I oh, have not been watching. I've been watching some of the replays. It's wonderful. Isn't it wonderful? She's so lovely. Well, that's the direction we were going. Amy, now, the title of, of our show tonight was Why Do Democrats Despise Amy Coney Barrett? In your, in, your, in your observation, why do you think they despise Amy Coney Barrett? Because she's a mirror to the horror that has become the denigrated spiritual core of the American dream. I was a hippie. You know, not really. I was married to a rock and roll singer. And he was very into that whole scene. And, you know, his friends were all involved in drugs. And that era, you know, right after uh, uh, I graduated from college, that era was make love, not war. They, they said make love, not war. Of course, mm-hmm. we were young, immature kids. That wasn't making love. That was sexual, sexual immorality. <laughs> and we confused it with making love because we were so horrified by the Vietnam War, which exactly. was going on and on and on. So as young people, we were quite confused. And many of us walked away from our religious beliefs and we thought, well, the answer now is a free love. We'll just make love, not war. That wasn't the answer. That was the beginning of the end of a spiritual core and strength of our young people. It took us a couple of generations to outgrow it. It was really quite horrifying what it did to the family, what it did to marriage, what it did for our ability to hang on in troubled marriages and keep families together. It took us a good 20, 30 years to outgrow that immaturity. And I think we have outgrown it. And I think when we see somebody like Amy Coney Barrett, I, for one, I'll speak only for myself, I see the woman I wish I could have been. Hmm. And that woman. I am that woman today. I've become more spiritual. I've become more centered. I didn't have five children and adopt two children. You know, I didn't. I was caught up in that whole web of liberating women and and um, making abortion legal. And now when I look at it, I mourn those decisions. I mourn them. First of all, we know more about the fetus. Even the priests didn't know back then. We know now that that is a complete life upon conception. We didn't know that then. We, we saw it differently. And now our morality in this country is divided and confused. And right. those who have attached themselves to the um, right to an abortion are having a very difficult time transitioning to another point of view. But many, many, many millions of women have transitioned to another point of view and see abortion as 
a bad decision. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not compassionate to those women who um, uh, need make that decision in extremely distressful cases. We're, mm-hmm. we're still open to learning about our morality in this area. But I think we've changed greatly, and I think we're moving in a direction of um, other methods of birth control and stronger pro-marriage and pro-family decisions. And okay. Not, not allowing ourselves to be so frivolous right. in our sexual behavior, to be more thoughtful and more restrained, perhaps, which is not unreasonable. Okay. So, I mean, I... I was looking for a, a, a different perspective, but that's that's good. That's good, uh, and I respect uh, what you said. But I, I was looking more from a political aspect of it. Why do Democrats despise Amy Coney Barrett? And and and, and hear me out. I, I, one, one of the things that I was looking at is the Democrats, from a political and a judicial, they're looking at that they despise her because she will be the one replacing. Ruth Ginsburg and the conservatives and Republicans will have a huge advantage that basically it's going to be there for a long time. What's Ruth your take? Ginsburg was a wonderful, wonderful woman and the right woman for her time. The right woman for her time. Amy Coney Barrett is the right woman for the future. We are, we are either going to slip into moral degradation or we're going to move into a higher consciousness. And I think Amy Coney Barrett is the right woman for this time. I think the Supreme Court will not be harmed by her. I think she is very reasoned. I don't think she's pulling her religion her religious beliefs into her decision-making. All of her previous decisions show that, that she honors her responsibility to follow the law and respect the law. And I think she will do that. I, I, I agree with you, but I don't think the, uh, from the perspective of the Democrats, that's who they think should be the one replacing Ruth Ginsburg. You know, they're terrified of losing power. Exactly. They're terrified of losing power, and they'll do anything to hold on to their power. But one of the things that I noticed while watching the hearings, and I have to tell you I enjoyed it so much. My dear Donald's books are spiritual. And as I watched these hearings, I saw Democrats, even the nastiest, of Democrats holding back, calming down, being thoughtful, not all the time, not from the first day, but the more they saw her, quieter and the more polite they became. The more they watched her and listened to her, the more respectful they became. And this continued right to the right to the end. You cannot 
be in the presence of this reasoned, intelligent, lovely, sophisticated, well-educated, calm, serene, appropriate, patient woman and be anything less than civil. And they were civil. They didn't do to her what they did in the last Supreme Court hearing, which okay. was a debacle. So what Masi Hirono, Democrat from Hawaii. Well, she was the worst of the whole bunch. She basically questioned whether Amy was, had, or did inappropriate sexual conduct. Was that the most despicable thing you ever saw? Exactly. exactly. What was she trying to prove? But here's what was so beautiful about it. I watched her. I've never really admired her or her positions or her point of view. But more than ever before, that woman lost my respect. I thought, what a despicable way to treat this woman who is up for the Supreme Court. On the other side of the fence, I watched Amy Coney Barrett listen patiently, remain calm, and respond with a perfectly sensible response, which was not hostile, was not angry, what was not combative, was simply calm. That allowed me even more to respect Amy Coney Barrett and to say, boy, I'll trust this woman. No matter how hot this conversation is going to get or how heated the situation is, she's going to remain sane and sensible throughout. She's not vindictive. There's nothing in her that's vindictive. No, and, and, and I, totally, I totally agree with you. I'm just, I, I, I believe that Democrats are, from a political side, uh, they're totally afraid that they will never regain power in a, in, in a majority in the Supreme Court. Well, unless they change who they are, I hope they never do regain power. These aren't right. Democrats. These are socialists. These are right. practically communists. These are um, rebels. These are people who will turn against the American dream. So I don't know what happened to the Democrats, but they're not the Democrats I knew growing up. Exactly. They're Me simply too. not. This is another party. It has the name Democrat, but many, many Democrats in that party are ashamed of what's going on in that party and confused about what to do about it. Many of them are going to leave that party. And I just really hope that we have a landslide. I don't believe any of these polls. I worked in those polls. I worked in the poll offices in the last election. Cisco, may I call you Cisco? Yes, 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 you can. And while I was working in them, I made thousands of phone calls. I mean, I made a lot of phone calls. And people then and people now were afraid to express their opinions. I'm noticing a lot more Trump signs out, but they were afraid to put Trump signs out before. They're still afraid. They're still afraid. They don't want to wear their politics on their sleeve because the Democrats are so 
vicious, violent, nasty, threatening. It's simply unacceptable, and so we are a silent majority. Right. But believe me, I promise you, we are a majority. Well, one of the, one of the things that I, I, I mentioned during my monologue before I brought you in, um, which was on, on the air, is that we are already seeing pl- the plants are in the making that there's going to create chaos once Donald J. Trump gets elected for another four years. That, well, we shall it, see. We shall see. If it's a landslide, what well, kind of you, chaos are they going to create? You and know what we create chaos you know, in yeah. all of our Republican cities, we'll put them down. And if the Democrat cities haven't had enough, and I think they have, I, I really believe that there will be a point at which these Democrat cities are going to say, because the people in those states don't like all this violence. They don't want Antifa and Black Lives Matter. Of course Black Lives Matter, but that organization is Marxist. Exactly. The, the title is just fine. I have no problem saying Black Lives Matter. Of Correct. course they matter. But that organization is Marxist. And Antifa and, and, um, and even Donald Trump took two organizations and the white supremacists and called them all um, completely, called them out completely. He's completely against all of them. And so uh, I, I don't think the Democrats, all of them, are in favor of what's going on in those Democrat cities. They simply are not. And they're going to stand up and put a stop to it. Definitely, definitely. Now, one of the things that, that I, I'm looking at for the election is also this whole mail-in ballots. You know, there's millions and millions of ballots that are coming in. My question to you is how different and what's the impact on this election that has not happened previously? Because we've had absentee ballots which, you know, that's been, that's been done for a long time. But now we're having all these mail-in ballots because of COVID. Well, I know everybody's very frightened by it and very disturbed by it, but here's my opinion on it. I trust Donald Trump. I trust this man. I do believe this man was chosen by God. Is he perfect? Oh, my God, no. Not even close to perfect. But I do trust this man. He's been so brilliant on so many different issues. He's going to be brilliant on this one, too. He already has this in courts all over the country. He's got his antenna up. He's going to be watching closely. They're not going to let them get away with much. They'll get away with some. You know, no election is perfect, but I trust him to handle this the way he's handled everything else. Everything else, wages up for women, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, young people, help wanted signs everywhere, an economy that's going back to great in the midst of all this insanity, prison reform, the American embassy in Jerusalem, ISIS under control. They were beheading American soldiers 
before this man was elected. I saw that on television. I thought I would die. <laughs> I was so horrified. It was so horrifying. But he brought that under control. Yes, I, 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 everything is so. I, I totally agree with that, a hundred percent. Now, what's the, what, what's your take on in regards to the Joe Biden situation? Where, in my opinion, what they're doing, they're starting to really increase the level of how incompetent and unhealthy he is because they want to bring in Kamala Harris. That's the that's been the long goal intention of the, of the Democrat party to do that. And at the same time, Nancy Pelosi is bringing up the 25th amendment. So anyone out there with half a brain can see that this is what they're trying to scheme. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Nancy Pelosi would love to be president. Yeah. She won't be. I'm not worried about it. And um, Kamala Harris is um, extremely unpleasant and unlikable. And I'm not worried about her. She doesn't have the credentials to be president. I, I have absolutely no concern that she's going to be president. And as far as Trump goes, in terms of handling all of this, I think he's handling it brilliantly. I was a little worried about that first debate. I thought, oh, my gosh, he was being so unpleasant. But you know what? That man's a genius. He's a genius. I thought, oh, my gosh, what he's done to himself. This is not good. He managed to turn that thing around and play it in his favor. He basically said these debates with Biden are a waste of time. Don't waste my time. And he, he's taking other approaches to get his message across. The man is going to win. And I'm not worried about the craziness on the left because they've gone so crazy that they've absolutely destroyed themselves. They've taken a lot of the Democrats who might have been supportive. You know, there are Millions and millions of very bright, very good Democrats who are looking at this craziness and going, are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you even serious with this? I mean, look at all the corruption that Biden has been involved in. They don't want anything to do with that. So I think you're going to see a lot of Democrats moving in other directions. And even a lot of the Bernie Sanders people like some of the things that Trump is doing. And uh, they're going to move his way, too. And he's winning um, across the board. And I'm not worried about the suburban housewives or the suburban educated woman. I'm not. Suburban women have been around. They've traveled. They're educated. Maybe not with college education, but with travel, with experience with sophistication. You know, we're very educated because of all the books and the media and the differing bits of information that we get. And we're all on to the corruption of social media, the way they're shutting down every conservative voice. Do you think we're stupid? Suburban women can see what's going on. Do you think they approve of that? They absolutely do not. 
They don't want their children in that kind of a world. They want conservative voices to be heard, liberal voices to be heard, Democrat voices to be heard. They don't like what's going on, and they want it stopped. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you totally. And there, there, there. Well, 2016, we did see a, a large migration of Democrats who voted for Donald Trump. A very large migration. Yeah. And you know, they thought, oh, the suburban woman's not going to vote for Donald Trump. He had a very good showing with the woman's vote, and he's yeah. going to have a better one now. All these polls, they're lying. I'm telling you, they're lying. I worked hundreds of hours in those polling places. People want Trump, and they're not telling the truth about it to the pollsters because they they don't want to be dealing with those pollsters. And the polls are are are, are lying. Yeah, well, well, we, we 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 saw the we experienced it in 2016 when the polls for Hillary were basically out of this world. They were totally, uh, it's like there was no chance that he can win. And th- these are the very same polls that have been, you know, continuing to attack him. Because this is... And, you know, Biden goes to an event, and there are uh, 12 people there. Most of them are his staff or the reporters. I mean, he cannot even get 20 people. Pathetic. He gets on a train, goes across the country, stop after stop. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. I mean, the man is not generating any excitement. Do you believe these polls? They're yes, I, I totally agree. Well, Cisco, we agree on almost everything. Well, no, well, no, we 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 we're, we got quite a few got quite a few things. Uh, if you can provide us with oh, your website uh, and the name of the book and where we can get the book, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll jump on on the next um, topics. Please go ahead. Well, I'll tell you something. I recommend that you go to Barnes and Noble. Okay. Go online to Barnes and Noble or go to the store. Amazon. Okay. Amazon. I don't know. You know, my name, Sandra Lee, that's my author name. Como's wife is Sandra Lee, and she has a cooking show. And she oh, has a bunch of cooking books. And so Amazon's got me all confused with her books. So I said, well, okay, I'll put my middle name on my book covers. So instead of Sandra Lee, I'll make it Sandra May Lee. Well, <laughs> my second book is me wearing a red blazer and I'm pointing up to the balloons and the stars and the streamers, and, you know, it's Dear Donald, four more years, indicating that I think he's going to win. And I'll tell you something. Amazon's not happy about putting it up. Of course not. They're, they're stalling but, on it. The well, they have uh, Dear Jeff. Donald is up there. But the second foot, they're stalling on it. But uh, Barnes & Noble, thank God, is not. So you can certainly get it there. And you can reach me at Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-Y, 717, at net, And I would love to hear from you. And I hope you will get the book, all of you, because you know what? You're going to feel better. Definitely. friends and cousins who are literally crying and in tears and upset and disturbed. And calm down. 
This is a loving, encouraging, calm book that makes you feel better. It doesn't keep up and get you upset. Fantastic. Uh, Mark, are you on the line? Yes, I am. All right. Where have you been? I I, I didn't want to interrupt our guest. I I wanted to tell you, we're kind of kinship. I'm first-generation Maltese also, you know, in Lebanon, not far from Malta over there. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Well, you know, we first-generation Americans, uh, we 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 love it. We we want to say our pledge of allegiance. We we want to say uh, God in the pledge of allegiance. One nation under God. We we're in pain when we see people kneel instead of stand for the pledge of allegiance. So you know this Amer- this America has been very good to my family, but we worked very oh, hard. Yeah. We worked very you know, hard. Um, it wasn't easy. It's just uh, we have an appreciation because we should have an idea of where we came from. Now, I know in my house, they mostly spoke Maltese. And my father, a man with a photographic memory and a IQ off the scale, blocked me from speaking Maltese with... Uh, his idea being, no, I want you to be all American. So, no, you will not learn the language you know, of the fatherland. We That's had Arabic not spoken uncommon. In our it's not uncommon, especially with the, with the European ancestors. Well, I sort of regret that I didn't learn more Arabic, but I know what you're saying because we had the same thing going on in our home. My father wanted his children to learn English. He wasn't interested in their learning Arabic. We were Americans. He wanted us to be Americans and not be but Americans. But we had wonderful Lebanese food, lovely Lebanese customs, and went to a Lebanese church. But the language was very important to him. And I think it should be respected. Yep. Yes, yes. Uh, no, I understand that. No, we, we would eat Maltese dishes. Uh, uh, we, my grandfather was uh, like a muck-muck in the American Maltese community. I mean, there, there were more, more, there's more Maltese in New York than they are in Malta, for God's sake. Yes. Are you in New York? But anyway, I, I wanted to go on this rant, and it's going to be a little off topic. Yeah, I, you know, I watched some of the hearings with, with Barrett, and uh, I, I couldn't watch them because of the, the Democrats are so sickening, so malevolent, so deceitful that, I, anyway, <laughs> the, I wanted to go on this rant, and uh, it's, I'm going to segue, because I watched the Trump town hall as much as I could, and I've had yeah. it with this white supremacy crap. Look, white supremacists are a nuded... Three hundred times already. How many times? I know the white supremacists are a neutered, inane drone in this country. It's completely and fully manufactured BS because the Democrats are losing their stranglehold grip on the black community voting. And so they come up with this white supremacy crap, and it's sickening to me. 
I mean, what is it? 15 <laughs> white supremacists out of 320 million people? It's like, don't even go there. It, it's even worse of a hope than this Russian BS. He said they leave things out of the sentence, so it sounds like he said this instead of that. It's just absolutely exhausting. And he denounces white supremacy again and again and again. But you know what? I think most people see through it. I really do. Yeah, but there's just too many dumb ones out there. You know, I, uh, I, I, when I'm in a, a company of people from other nations, on one hand, I'm very proud to be an American, a first-generation American. On the other hand, I'm embarrassed by our plethora of just naive, Ignorant people. I call them herd animals because and then I follow it up with, uh, you're a herd animal because you're following asses in front of you. That's so fitting. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, yeah, because when, when you're in the herd, you're following the asses in front of you, literally. Well, the nice thing about Donald Trump is he is, um, he's not a politician. And so he is refreshing in many ways. He's bringing some honest, real, authentic leadership to the country. And I'm very proud of him. And I think he's earned a lot of respect around the world. People don't always like him, but he has their respect. I mean, look what he's done with the World Health Organization. He's got them on their toes. And look at what he's done with other world organizations. He's taken all kinds of money from us that haven't held up their own end in terms of what they owe to defend their country. And he's gotten billions and billions and hundreds of billions of dollars of support from those organizations. The man is just endless, 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 endless. Nothing but good. I I wanted to point this thing out, too. I wanted to had to point this out. If you remember, uh, maybe uh, at the beginning of the year, the Iranians attacked the Saudi oil refineries, reducing their output by over 50%. Now, if we were not energy independent, could you imagine the blow that would have been to the American economy because gas would have escalated beyond belief? Being that almost that everything in this country is hauled by trucks, we dodged oh the bullet, God, and no one gave Trump credit up. for that. No one. No, because there's so much going on. Nobody is pointing that out, and I'm so glad you pointed that out. That is such an incredible thing to add to the conversation. Yes. Because it's so unbelievable what he's done by liberating us in that regard. Just unbelievable what he's done. And, of course, I forgot to say anything about his three nominations for uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. Like, that was nothing. Nobody on the left even wants to mention it. Like, three nominations for the Nobel Peace Prize didn't even happen. Well, pretty impressive thing. Yes, and and what's more impressive is that Actually, he did something about it. I mean, the, 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 the Israeli, Saudi, not Israeli, United Arab Emirates, 
and 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 that whole tension that has has been there in the Middle East during Donald Trump's uh, presidential um, four years, he has been able to work with these different countries that were always attacking Israel, and and no one has given him credit for that. And you know, Donald knows how to delegate uh, carefully. I never really understood Jared Kushner as being somebody who was really influential because he's quite soft-spoken, you know. But behind the scenes, he is quite a genius because he had a lot to do with making this happen with all these Arab countries and then helping Trump to change his whole approach in the Middle East. And it really is quite brilliant. So I want to give him some some credit, first of all, for trusting Jared Kushner, and secondly, some kudos to Jared because he, uh, he did some very good work there. And I also want to give kudos to Mike Pence. Oh, my God. You know, Donald Trump chose Mike Pence as his VP. And, you know, for a while I thought, well, he's a nice man. He's a lovely man. But he didn't seem to be a very impressive person, but... Boy, have I gained respect for him during COVID. He and he rides a Harley, out. too. You know that? It's brilliant. You know Pence rides a Harley? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you you, you, you wouldn't think a Bible-thumping Christian would ride a Harley, but he does. So that tells oh, you a lot about the man's personality. Yes. That is so much fun. But, you know, when he did the debate, he was so charming and so calm, and so polite, and so prepared. So prepared. Oh, my goodness, it was impeccable. I gained a lot of respect for him during that debate with Kamala Harris, who does not appeal to me at all. So, Sandra... She didn't appeal to the Democrats either, right? She dropped out of the race before really the uh, debates and the primaries got on the way. Uh, she was even spurned by the Democrats, for God's sakes. Why they picked her, yep. uh, the only thing I could think of is because she's a team player. And I mean by team player, you know, she'll do what the Marxists want to do, which is the problem with the Democrat Party. It's completely consumed by radical leftists. Uh, you know, I mean, the Democratic Party is just deceit 24 by 7 by 365. And someone like myself, you know, an old world fella, you know, first generation, that particularly irks me that the, the goddamn line doesn't stop. I want to see someone like rush up on the stage and bitch slap one of these people for Christ's sake. It's like, shut oh, your bloody mouth. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. You know luckily what? luckily luckily we're on Block Talk Radio. Yeah, well, I understand. I do. But I think one of the reasons uh, men you know, macho men I respect all genders and all sexes and all you know, I'm not making a macho man superior to a gay man or that isn't my intention. But what I'm saying is I think that men who lean in that kind of macho direction are so comfortable with Donald Trump. You know, it's like 
he's not politically correct. He's not always perfectly polite. But gosh, you get him. You know you're getting the truth. He, he, he's, a, he's a true New Yorker. Yeah, he's a true New Yorker. <laughs> and you know, I wait a second. If you compare him to Obama, like New York, one, one, pers- one person at a time. Yep, I stopped. Well, I was just saying but, that because I spent of my adult life in New York, I am not easily offended by his style. I'm more comfortable with it. I'm I, sorry I, I agree. Now, you have to compare him. Wait, I want you to compare him to Obama, where oh, Jackass <laughs> ha- has ostensibly with masculine men. He's got a problem with Bibby. He had a problem with Trump. He had a problem with uh, Flint. Uh, who he didn't have a problem with was Trudeau of Canada, the ballerina, or <laughs> Emmanuel, oh I call him Emmanuel Boy Toy Macron of France. <laughs> Good. You're, you're, yeah, a, you're, you're in a, you're, you are on a streak tonight. Wow. Uh, well, I got to tell you, I'm never off my streak when it comes to this because it, <laughs> it, it's just overbearing. But again, I, I'll stress my point. Obama had a problem with masculine men, and he had no problem with the fairies. As compared to Trump, who, uh, if, if I were up against Trump, I would be preparing day and night for weeks because the man is incredible. And, and you know, just like you, as soon as he was on top of that escalator, I was for him. My philosophy was no politician. Republican or Democrat can even remotely begin to fix what's wrong. It had to be an outsider. And you could see the level and the ferocity that they oppose him uh, tells you a lot. Tells you a lot. Definitely. Definitely. I want, I, I want to touch, since you're in Ohio, Sandra, where do you see Ohio in the landscape on, on November 3rd? Very pro-Trump. You know, when I came back to Ohio, I grew up in Ohio. And right. I spent most of my adult life in New York. And when I came back to Ohio, I became a Republican. It's a different air they breathe here. It's a different way of life. It's churches, not country clubs. It's family, not um, sophistication. And they're very sophisticated. I'm not trying to describe them as country bunkins, not at all. It's not that they don't have intelligence, but they're not pseudo-sophisticated. Their, their values are church and family. And it's, it's contagious. And so when you're in this wide open space, so to speak, and you see stronger family units to envy it and admire it. And I thought, oh, oh my gosh. I've kind of missed the boat on this wonderful family life. Definitely. We, we had gotten a little too cosmopolitan and too sophisticated in New York. And That's... I don't know that it was always good for me or my family. So you, 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 you really believe that the wine is going to support the president? Ohio, absolutely. No, I mean, I'm talking about the governor, Governor DeWine. Well... I think he will. Good. Okay. I think he will. You know, Trump's been very good to Ohio. Definitely. Uh, another plug-in for your book and, and, and your site, 
before we uh, we got a minute to, uh, less than a minute to go. Okay, it's uh, Dear Donald, Letters from the Horrible, second book, Dear Donald, Four More Years. Go to Barnes & Noble. I don't think Amazon's going to be friendly for a while. They don't want Donald Trump to win, and I'm just too positive about Donald Trump. And you can reach me at Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-Y, 717, at cox.net. I'd love to hear from you. Definitely. It's just a pleasure being with you tonight, De- both of you. Definitely. Our pleasure, and we'll, we will definitely touch base after the election. Absolutely. I'm here whenever you need to talk. Definitely. Mark, uh, last words for, for Sandra? Mark, it was a pleasure meeting you. Okay, I think he disappeared again. He disappeared so, again. Yeah. Sandra, a pleasure, uh, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Indeed. Have a good evening. You too. All right, next week we'll have another exciting guest on the Cisco and Falzone Hour, Broadcast and Politics. Good night. God bless America.